good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and a Mile podcast alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, so then Brady is going to handle our NFL notables for the day. Well, I don't actually think we have any NFL notables. Did anything happen in the league? Uh, being that we're all Vikings fans, I don't think there's really <laughs> anything to talk about. So we're all Vikings our, fans? I said Might most of us. Most, well, 75 you, you definitely said we're all. Well, I'm, I'm including Jeremy. <laughs> It, it's been changed. He is now a Vikings fan. But let's oh, actually get into, the NFL, yeah, let's get into the actual NFL notables. The main one, and obviously that's going to um, take a bulk of this conversation, is Delvin Cook's holdout. The running back for the Minnesota Vikings decided that he is holding out of all virtual offseason activities until he gets a contract extension. Uh, let's start with the Vikings fans. Bradley, what do you think about this? Uh, I know I got some Twitter uh, from Eric Peterson, but let's, let's hear what you think, Bradley. Well, when I saw it, I, I went through three different straight stages of grief. The first one being sadness, and then anger, and then back to sadness. The bottom line is he doesn't have any leverage over the situation. Uh, he gets fined 50000 K, I I believe, for each day that he doesn't show up. So if you calculate that, that's $1.5 million, and his contract's for one point three. So he doesn't have any leverage over the situation. Delvin is a great running back. I don't think anybody – here is going to deny that he's a, not a great running back. But the, the situation is, is that it doesn't work to hold out at all. You look at the recent people that have done it, Le'Veon Bell, he didn't make money by holding out. He went to a worse team and took less money. Uh, Melvin Gordon saw a lot of negatives for sitting out. He came back and he wasn't the same player. Zeke Elliott held out, got his money, but came back and wasn't the same Zeke. So for me, Delvin just – Keep going business as usual. If you want the money, go out there and play 16 games, rush for 2,000 yards, and lead the league in touchdowns. Then somebody's going to have to pay you. So, so that's my thoughts on the whole situation. Playing devil's advocate, it did work for Zeke. He did get paid. He got crazy amount of money from the Cowboys, and he's actually living up to that contract relatively. No, um, he's not living up to his rookie The Cowboys stats. didn't There's make the no playoffs way. last year. The, he didn't, they he didn't personally had that. a good year last year. Well, the last time I checked, he got to play 22 players. So they didn't make the playoffs in a very bad NFC East. So I would say Zeke Elliott is not living up to it, but go ahead. I'll reference this tweet from Chad Graff of The Athletic uh, concerning Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin isn't asking for Zeke slash McCaffrey money, uh, but something more like David Johnson, which is around $13 million. Um, Vikings offering more for like Melvin Gordon money, which is $8 million a year. Uh, so would you be more comfortable? Obviously, you'd be more comfortable at the 8 than the 13. So it sounds like I'm getting negative vibes from the Vikings fans in the room. What number would you be comfortable with? Well, for sure, I don't want it four years. There's no way I want it for four years because he hasn't played a full season yet. He has not played all 16 games since he's been in the NFL. Like Bradley said, he's an awesome talent. He was great last year for us but he doesn't play the whole season. So like you just referenced Chad Graff, I know Courtney Cronin said something along the lines of he wants Christian McCaffrey money. If that happens, we are in deep trouble. Well, I don't not, think it's going to happen. We're not I don't signing think we're if he wants McCaffrey that. money. But just to go back to Bradley's point about we have the leverage, the new collective bargaining agreement said that um, since Delvin's on his rookie contract, when he comes back, so let's say he sits out this whole year, in the past he would have been an unrestricted free agent. Now he's a restricted free agent, so he has to come back here anyways. So I don't know what he's holding out for. Like, I mean, we are – I feel like there's a lot of talk right now. Um, let's 
let's see where the the chips lay on that. Yeah, I think that the the players only have so many different things that they can do. And so this is basically their only bargaining chip that they have. So they're going to use that. And from his perspective, I get it. Like you have a catastrophic knee injury next year, last year, rookie deal. All right, you're out of the league. No more money after that. That's tough. I understand wanting some security, not necessarily for, no, not just this upcoming year, but for a couple of years afterward where you can be able to get some financial, you know, security and for your NFL career. And just to be clear, I'm nine times out of 10 on the player side. Like the players need to get paid. The owners make a lot of money and all that stuff. But I think in this situation, you're still on your rookie deal and you haven't played a full season yet. So I'm 100% on the Viking side where it's like, I'm not paying him four years and then 14 mil per year. But let's let's get an unbiased opinion. The Packer fan who probably wants him to hold out the whole year. Unbiased? Jeremy, what do you think? Is <laughs> that going to be unbiased? <laughs> I would definitely take him not playing. Um but that's a whole different side of it. Now, they're, they're obvi- he, you guys have talked about it. Anybody is, that watches football knows football knows Dalvin Cook is a good football player. The running back position is, and we've talked about it on the show before, the running back position is just different than, you know, what it used to be. So it's hard to, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of other – I think the, the best – it's a little bit different of a situation just given exactly what his contract is, but I feel like the best comp, most recent comp, everyone thinks about Melvin Gordon, I think the leverage situation was very similar um, as far as – you know, being a restricted free agent the next year, what exactly you could try to get. And it clearly didn't work out very well for him. Now, maybe Melvin thinks so because he stood his ground or whatever, but he eventually gave in. Um, so I just, I don't see, I guess, the positives in the, the short-term future for him. Obviously, it's it's his body. He wants to do with what it will. But I, I also see from the Vikings standpoint is, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to, to give fork out, you know, 11, $12 million. Now, the last thing I'll say is Delvin, Aaron Jones, very, very similar situation right now. Delvin's holding out. Aaron Jones says, I want to be a lifetime Packer. That's, you know, that's all we want to hear. Give it time. Just give yeah, it time. Just wait until he back. finds out that AJ <laughs> Dillon gets half the carries. He'll be out of there. Um, yeah, I, can't, we tr- I can't wait for two more weeks until they say Aaron Jones is holding out. <laughs> yeah, right. Then we'll be right back here talking about it again. Before we transition, we're all in the same fantasy league. Let's give some fantasy impact into this. So what I want to just say about this is this last weekend, Bradley and I are working, and we're talking about our keepers because we get to keep three keepers in, in our league. And so I have my two that are solidified, Lamar Jackson in the eighth round and Austin Eckler in the ninth. And so I told Bradley on Saturday, I'm like, I actually think I might keep Alexander Madison in the 15th. I mean, the value is completely there. We're in a, a league with a lot of Vikings fans, and uh, I don't think I get him back in the 15th round. So I might keep him. But I was like, you're never going to do that. I said, what if Delvin gets hurt? If, if Delvin is out by the time our, our season or our draft starts, he, Alexander Madison is being kept on my team in the 15th round. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you're not wrong for thinking that, but we didn't know he was going to hold out on Saturday. At this point, like, it's I not tell a bad the idea. <laughs> God, it's noted. I'm and you were making fun of me for doing last-round keepers. You got Alexander Madison, Madison, who, like, I think Dalvin's going to find out, or they're going to have a deal. So I think the 15th round would be crazy. Because you said Al- that would be crazy for me. Because if, Al- if, if Dalvin Cook gets hurt in the first week or the second week, Alexander Madison – bumps up to a top 15 running back. Jordan Howard's cap is like a top 30 running back. 
I don't think he'd be dependent on an injury in order to be fantasy relevant, though. I think uh, Alexander no. Madison's a better football player than he is like a fantasy player on standalone value without Cook getting hurt. I understand with Cook's injury history that there's definitely, you know, cause for concern in the Cook camp, but I, I am so glad we are done talking about Jordan Howard and Alexander <laughs> Madison. On today's show, we are breaking down our wide receivers, so we're going through our top five. Uh, we had some tough decision Tuesday, we called it, where twi- uh, people on Twitter came back to us uh, and gave us uh, comps on if they wanted to go with one person or the other, if they're both on the draft boards, uh, who we're high on, and some deep sleepers. Uh, Jeremy had an awesome question that he wanted to ask us, too, that we're going to go into, and then we got a one's got to go. It's kind of a quarterback-wide receiver duo. Uh, let's get started with our top five receivers just because the wide receiver class is so loaded that we just want to uh, give our top five receivers. So Bradley or Jeremy, let's, let's give your first one. Yeah. So I'll give my first ones. I do want to say one more thing before we wrap up the Madison conversation. I know I think a lot of people right now are thinking, Hey, I got to go out and get Madison, which isn't a terrible idea, but you're probably going to end up paying more for him than you might've been right now is the time to go get Dalvin cook. If you oh, really want to sure. think in a, in a fantasy Absolutely. scenario. Um, so yes, Madison is a, is a good, if you can scoop them up in a dynasty for a relatively cheap, but if people are out there trying to sell Delvin cook right now, go grab them. The best time to do it. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll jump into uh, my wide receiver. So I'm glad you kind of started with me. Cause I think mine are going to be a little different. So number one, I got Michael Thomas. No surprise there. If you don't have Michael Thomas, I'd, I'd look at you a little funny. Uh, number two, I have Devonte Adams. Number three, Julio Jones. Number four, Tyreek Hill. And number five, Kenny Galladay. Oh, jeez. Wow. Oh. Wow. I mean, it's, I think, not, it's not that bold. Like, I have him at seven, Galladay at seven. So it's not like, oh, my goodness, it's not throwing like a no. top 30 guy up in the top five. But he, he's got – it's a big question mark, and I think it depends on if Stafford's healthy or not. Uh, my top five starts with Michael Thomas. I was telling the guys before – that if they don't have Michael Thomas, they better not hop on the pod today because it's just, it's just not important. I went Julio, number two, Devontae Adams, number three, Tyreek Hill, number four, and DeAndre Hopkins, number five. Oh. Right, I'll give I, my I don't have anything to here. add because mine's the exact same as Bradley's, which is rather ironic. So, Josh, go ahead and give yours. <laughs> Twins just have the same thoughts, I suppose. Um, number one, I had Michael Thomas. Uh, number two, it – pained me to say I had Devontae Adams. Number three, I had Julio Jones. Number four, I had Tyreek Hill. And number five, I had Chris Godwin. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Julio, Julio Jones is the most overlooked wide receiver in NFL history. I don't even care what you guys say. He's a number three. How on I, earth is that overlooked? Oh, I, Where did, hey, did I love Hey, did you have DeAndre Hopkins in the top five, Josh? I did not. Why? I don't know what that slander is for. DeAndre Hopkins. Well, let's just get right into the first first uh, Tough Decision Tuesday. Devontae Adams versus DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I'm guessing, well, at least Josh and Jeremy have Devontae Adams because he's their wide receiver too. I I'm definitely Devontae, have Devontae Adams. I'm going Devontae Adams as well. But it, it, they're both really good talent. Like, we can all agree on that. Of course. But Devontae Adams is going to get way more targets. So, from a fantasy perspective, you have to go Devontae Adams. He played – in 12 games and was top 20 in targets. So <laughs> Devontae Adams is going to be the guy in Green Bay and is going to get a ton of targets. I also right. have Devontae Adams. Uh, but I'm just like – and so like I said, I, I don't draft Packers. But if I did, I would not draft Devontae Adams at his value. 
just because of the injury risk. You want to go when you're drafting for like in the first two rounds, you want to draft guys that you know for sure are going to pan out. And I feel like Devontae Adams concussion history is a, a little concerning. Plus what, what did he have last year? Turf toe or was it another concussion? last? Year? I don't, it was he's been, okay. So he's had injury history. Whereas I would rather go with Deandre Hopkins, even though I know Deandre Hopkins isn't going to get the 150, 150 targets that he got last year in Houston. So I'm, I'm going Devontae Adams, but I wouldn't take him at that value. Yeah, I also would go that way as well. I think being able to get into a new team like Hopkins, there's room for not concern, but it's less of a known commodity of what his role will be in that offense with a couple of different pieces that they'll have in uh, Arizona that is going to be different than what it was in Houston. Obviously, he's going to be the number one, but to – like uh, Brad Brady referenced, he's not going to be getting the amount of targets that he got in Houston. Whereas Devontae Adams, we know that they're going to, especially without their, them drafting any receiver in the draft, the Packers, that he's going to get 150 targets next year if he plays 16 games. So I think that's locked and loaded. He's going to get opportunity. That's the name of the game in fantasy is, you know, opportunity and um, just getting an opportunity or what's the target share. So that's why I picked Devontae Adams. Where did you guys have DeAndre Hopkins? So you guys didn't have him in your top five. Where did you guys have him ranked? I'm at eight. Holy. I have him lead. I have him just outside at six. And that one, to Kenny Galladay and Hopkins was, was tough for me. But for the same reason I leaned Devontae Adams in this scenario, I'd go with the target share. Obviously, I know the Lions have Marvin Jones, and, and that'll be an, an issue or one to look at because he's a guy that could – you know, go off from week to week and has um, in the last mm -hmm. couple of years. But when it goes, when it's DeAndre Hopkins or, or Devontae Adams, I just, for me, obviously I'm a little biased. Um, so I lean, I lean the Packer. I just think the last three years, you look at a receiver when he is on the field, he's got to be one of the most consistent. Obviously there's Michael Thomas, but I mean, the dude had two straight 12 touchdown, uh, 12 receiving touchdowns in two straight years. And a lot of that came with Brett Hundley. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He's throwing the football. He still had just under 1,000 yards for how little he played at times last year. I just think, you know, you, he's going to be the number one target. He just is. That's just the Packers offense, and Rodgers isn't going to stop looking his way. So, I just think I lean that way. But the reason I bumped Hopkins down to six is I'm just a little worried about his volume. You know, Kyler's kind of shown that he, he doesn't just lock into one receiver. Now, I know a conversation that us three have had before is – or us four have had before is – he hasn't had a receiver like that to lock on to. Um, but I just I just don't think he's going to get, you know, just straight stared at like maybe Watson did at times. Do you think it's concerning at all that it's Matt LaFleur's second year as the running the offense there? You, we know what Matt LaFleur wants to do. He wants to run the ball. He drafted a running back in the second round. He drafted a fullback in the third round. So is that concerning at all? I don't think so because if you – let's say Rodgers throws the ball 30 times. Rodgers throws the ball 30 times. Devontae Adams is still getting 10 to 12 targets. Like, it's it's just going to happen. He's the dude. He's going to be the dude, and they do enough. And he's – I think he's the best route runner in the league, but they're going to do enough to even get him open. Um, the dude is – come on. I know you're going to say Diggs, but Diggs, look at – Watch sure. his feet. Watch oh, his feet. Ask Jair about Diggs' route running. Oofta. Yeah, well, he's put. Well, Jair's problem was that he was talking way too much that he probably couldn't stay in front of him. But let's move on. Uh, <laughs> this one's an awesome uh, 
comparison so or a decision that we have to make. So EP underscore the pirate gave us Cooper Cup versus Robert Woods. So a couple of LA Rams wide receivers. Who do you guys got and why? This one's tough. It's it's really tough, and I think we all agree that it's tough because they're both really good and sometimes can be a little bit interchangeable. I went Robert Woods. I'm really high on Robert Woods this year. I'm at wide receiver 10. Whoa. Um, he had 139 targets last year. I think that's going to go up a little bit. Uh, he's really good in that offense. Goff trusts him, and Cup has a little bit of an injury history, which I was talking to these guys, you don't do predictions based on injury, so I still have Cup up there, but I'm going to go with Robert Woods. I also have Robert Woods. I just think – so last year was a tale of two, two seasons for both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup started on fire and then kind of sizzled off at the end, and Robert Woods – couldn't catch a like couldn't catch a break in the first half of the season and then just went off in the second half of the season i'm going robert woods because uh if the rams are in 12 personnel so that means they have two tight ends that means cooper cups either got to be off the field or he's going to be outside he's better in the slot robert woods is always going to be on the outside and he can play in the slot as well too i think the versatility for robert woods is a little bit better i'm going with robert woods i usually lean Robert Woods in that he's more of the safer option of the two. He may not have the ceiling that a Cooper Cup has, where Cooper Cup's been, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think in the past two years, he's been top five for a super long time. I know he, he and Thielen were like one and two for a while. I think it was a couple of years ago. But I think the safety blanket of Robert Woods and just being able to not necessarily do the down downfield threats but just the kind of the you know the more safe routes if you will those targets are going to be a lot a lot more the touchdowns may not be there but I think that floor for Robert Woods is a lot safer but when I'm drafting I'm looking for that upside and potentially getting that top five top 10 guy I think Cooper Cup gives you a lot better chance of doing that all right, Jeremy, talk about Cooper Cup. We know you've been waiting, so go Cooper ahead and do Cup it. Cooper Cup is Jeremy's guy. So here you go, Jeremy. It's your it's your floor. It must be because they look similar. That's probably why. Yeah. yeah. The blonde hair, the little flow over. Yeah, it's got to be. Jeremy's going to be cheesing for the rest of the episode after that comment now. <laughs> well, we play football the exact same way, too. So that makes, I mean, yeah, that makes right. all the more sense in the world. You guys see me in flag football? I mean, we did three-peat. So, Thanks. I mean. All right. I do have I do have Cooper Cup over Robert Woods. Now, to your guys' surprise, it, it and you guys might not believe me, but it was a really tough decision for me. I have Cooper Cup at eight, and I have Woods at eleven. I I lean Cooper Cup just because of his reliability in in the red zone and how good he's been at at score, uh, scoring touchdowns, and that's a huge separator. Obviously, there's probably some touchdown regression coming at some point for him, and that could happen this year. The reason that I think it's so close is for the exact same reason that Brady mentioned at, at the end of his, of his point was just the difference between if they're running, you know, what personnel they're in. Post by last year, they only ran, I mean, they, they dipped probably about 15% in when they were running two, uh, three wide receiver sets. So they switched up what they were doing towards the end of last year. And I think obviously Brandon Cooks being gone is going to help open up, up some targets. But I think guys like Gerald, Gerald Everett and Higby take up some of those targets, and then it's going to be split up a little bit, you know, some Josh Reynolds and then Cup and Woods. But Woods might be more reliable if it comes to straight target share and, and how many receptions he's having. But like I said, I think I lean Cup um, because of just his 
reliability in the, in the red zone, but it's a really, really tough call. I love both these guys. If you get either of them on your team, you're, you're going to be happy. No doubt. This was, this was an awesome one. And we got an even, I, Jeremy and I thought this one was the toughest one. A train Aiken gave us DJ versus AJ. So DJ Moore versus AJ Brown, uh, Josh, who you got and why? I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. I had him on my squad last year, which is probably playing into that my decision a little bit in my opinion of him. But I think he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. He can be able to do the downfield and the slants. He can run the entire route tree. And that's going to be a perfect fit for Teddy Bridgewater as quarterback. He had an awful quarterback last year. Say what you want about Teddy. Obviously, on this pod, we love Teddy but he's not going to be, you know, in the top half of, you know, quarterback play more than likely. And it'll still be a huge improvement in quarterback play. So I think that being able to have that downfield threat and Robbie Anderson on the team is going to only help and open up the field for DJ Moore. And he's just ultra talented and incredibly athletic. So I think he has like the ceiling for him is top five. He can absolutely get there. This so, is the yeah. second time. This is the second time Josh has mentioned Robbie Anderson with the Panthers. He must have a new fan in Robbie Anderson. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I have DJ Moore at wide receiver 11 and AJ Brown at wide receiver 24. So it wasn't particularly close for me. No. Um, what I struggle with for AJ Brown is that he's never really been wide receiver number one on his team, even back to Ole Miss. Now he's the guy. Last year he was a rookie. I mean, he wasn't attracting double coverage, his best corners every time. He's going to get that from the get-go this year. They have nobody else. That's why I like a guy like Jonu Smith for Tennessee. Tennessee runs the ball a lot. Um, with uh, DJ Moore, they have Christian McCaffrey. Every game plan is going to go to Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore is going to see a huge increase in role, and I think DJ Moore is going to have a breakout year this year. Yeah, really quick note on A.J. Brown. So weeks through 7 through 16, he was wide receiver 8, which is great. Uh, but he was 47th in targets over that span, which is not great. So that the huge touchdowns there, it's going to be hitting massive regression uh, for this upcoming year for A.J. Brown, more than likely for him and Tannehill. I feel like that's a reason for uh, to go for A.J. Brown, just because he was a rookie. So the first half of the year, he had to get into the offense. And then in the second half of the year, he just exploded. Uh this one was really close for me. I have AJ Brown at 14 and DJ Moore at 16. And the reason that I'm not as high on DJ Moore as you are, I mean, just last year, Carolina was second in the league in pass attempts second. So that's, that's going down. That has to go down. I'm sorry. I love Teddy Bridgewater. He's not throwing the ball 40 times a game. So I, yeah, but their I defense is really bad. So he might have to. Yeah, but okay. So then they got and more Tennessee's runs, so. defense is super good. I, I'm I'm only not so the, Tennessee's defense was really good last year too. What uh, what happened with AJ Brown? He went he got so much better in the second half of the year. I so I think his deep ball percentage is going to go down. Like there's no way he can stay that good. But also his target share is also going to go up because it's another year in that offense. Like like you guys said, if you get one of these two guys, you're in good shape. I I would personally go AJ Brown just because you're hoping that second year is even better than the first year, and the first year was really good. These were both really tough for me to rank. Um, I kind of have them a little lower than, than you guys do and probably more than I wanted to. But when I kept looking at guys I had above them, I, I kept bumping them down a little bit. So I have DJ Moore at 17 and I have 
AJ Brown at 19. So I have them Ouch. super, wow. super close. And now, you know, I have AJ Brown rated a little lower for the exact same reason as Josh said, but I, I, but there's also the flip side of that. So you kind of have to decide for yourself where you see that is AJ Brown, you know, was he kind of just make the most of the op- the little opportunities he did get. And now that's bound to regress this year or, are those opportunities bound to get bigger? So I think you have to you have to figure out for yourself which which way you see that falling. I I lean DJ more um, just because I feel like he's a little bit more established with that target share. Um, but they're both really close. And obviously, yes, I'm a little lower than you guys were just because you know I have a guy, I have guys like Calvin Ridley ahead of them, Thielen ahead of them, Juju ahead of them. I just feel like they where they're at with their target share share. Excuse me. I like I just like their positions and their situations a little bit better. Yeah, you better have Thielen in front of him. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go to uh, to our guy Saucy K two three two. So he gave us three. He didn't really follow the rules. He gave Absolutely his not. Texans trio of wide receivers. So it's Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. Bradley, the floor is yours. When I saw this tweet, my initial reaction was, "Hey, we got a new segment for our show. Instead of one's got to go, we can say one's got to stay." one has to right it like i don't want any any of these i'm just gonna pick one because i i'm not probably drafting any of them i'd go with brandon cooks just because i've drafted him in other other years that's all i have to say about that i'm gonna agree with that i say brandon cooks just because if healthy he's their best receiver and deshaun watson's their quarterback one of them's gotta be good so i'm gonna go with brandon cooks i kind of see will fuller as a Who's the number two for Detroit? His name is escaping my mind. Marvin Marvin Jones. Jones. I kind of see Will Fuller as a Marvin Jones, like light in that he just can't stay healthy. But when he, when he hits his ceiling, it's astronomical. I think he had that game where he had like three or four, he had like three, he had a three touchdown game last year. I believe he did. Um, And Kenny Stills is solid. I think that'll be maybe one of the more reliable pieces in that offense because Cooks and Fuller's injury history. So it's a toss-up for me between Cooks and Stills, but the ceiling for Cooks is that much higher that you were alluding to, so I'd probably go Brandon Cooks as well. I think Stills is undraftable, so I think it's between Cooks and Fuller. But, Jeremy, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely Cooks or Fuller. Uh, And for me, I I lean Fuller. I have them separated by, like, three spots, so it's not not much. I have – Fuller at 32 and I have Cooks at 35. I lean Fuller just be just the rapport uh, with Watson. You know, he's gone off in a lot of different games and I think he can, he can replicate that from time to time. And it's going to be a boomer bust guy. He's probably way better for like a best ball type of league um, because that's just the type of player that he is. But you know, if you got to pick one of those guys, like, like Brady said, if you get in Watson's number one guy, whoever that turns out to be, you're going to be pretty happy with it. Does anybody have them in the any of those three in their top thirty? No. I mean, no. I have Cooks at thirty-eight. I have Cooks at thirty-nine. Cooks is my highest at thirty-four. So I, I, I think we're good to move on there, unless you guys think otherwise. Let's go. To, <laughs> One's got to stay. <laughs> One's got to stay. Think about it. Houston Texans edition. <laughs> so at Mister Underscore B Harris gave us three different ones. So he gave us an early one. Let's do this one. Uh, very short and easy because I don't know if it's going to take too long. OBJ or no. Diggs? It's OBJ, OBJ right? OBJ. It's OBJ. Okay. Uh, AJ Green or Edelman? This one was a little bit tougher for me. I went AJ Green just because if healthy, he's still a really good receiver. And I just don't know what Jared Stidham is going to be like as the quarterback for the Patriots. 
that was my exact thoughts as well. I mean, AJ Green is a boom pick if he stays healthy, so I would go with AJ Green. I feel Cincinnati has drafted some pieces to kind of etch him out of that offense and kind of get ready for him not to be on the team anymore. Whereas Edelman, he's basically boy, that wide receiver core is real thin, real fast there. So well, we're talking about who, dynasty. We're talking about redraft though. Who, no, who that's did, what I'm saying. Who did the Patriots so, draft in the first round last year? Nikhil Harry, wide receiver. Brad, Bradley Harry, Bradley asked that. He was knowing. sitting on that. <laughs> well, I mean, that was last say year. that they're I mean, what they the Bengals put a second round pick in wide receiver and the Patriots put a first rounder. Who would you say is the Patriots' number one receiver this year? Uh, Julian Edelman. Yes, and for that reason, who, I'll take, who would I I'll say take that, Edelman. Who would I say the Bengals' number one receiver is? A.J. Green. Oh, we got a real th- okay. So we, need, we need to so realize A.J. Green, as hel- when he's healthy, he was a top five receiver. Like, he was in the same yes. conversation as Julio Jones. Now, I don't think People he's get anywhere forgotten. close. But, I mean, if we don't know what he's like if he's healthy. And that's why in the middle round, I would take – I mean, this is going to be like your wide receiver three, right? So if he doesn't pan out, you cut him and go pick up somebody who's hot. And Absolutely. so I'm going to go take A.J. Green because he has the possibility of being an early wide receiver two, a late wide receiver one. Yeah, I think you just have to look at it through the lens of if A.J. Green is healthy, who's the best player in the best mm-hmm. situation? It's A.J. Green, and I don't even think it's particularly close if he's healthy. Obviously, it changes. Now, you could throw out there – Edelman's always been a PPR guru. And, you know, if uh, Stidham's just just dumping it down to him, he could get a ton of targets that way. But, Josh, I would love to hear, who do you think is younger, A.J. Green or Julian Edelman? The fact that you're asking that makes me think that uh, Julian (laughs) Edelman is younger. Nice. (laughs) Julian Edelman is 34 and A.J. Green is 31. Nice. I I like Julian Edelman's game a lot more. I think it lends itself to – not be or be more consistent versus kind of a way like kind of wishy-washy production in Cincinnati especially with a rookie quarterback their production and I suppose their quarterback situation in New England's obviously not great at either they they do Um, have Marquise Lee now too who could take away some of that slot oh stop I will I will take Julian Edelman (laughs) eight days out of eight times out of ten I was going to say eight days in a seven-day week. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> let's go, to the, it's certainly let's go to the late round. It's either Devin Funches or Corey Davis. Who are you guys taking? Are you taking either one of these guys? Well, first off, I'm going to start by saying I'm not taking either one of them. Unless they have a really good week one, then I'm throwing a lot of money on them. I'm going to give you two numbers for targets, and you're going to tell me which one belongs to each one. 69 targets and five targets last year. Funches oh. is five targets because he was hurt. <laughs> That's tough. I, I'm, you hate to see I don't that. like either one situation, but when you talk about who's going to come in and play, I'm thinking Corey Davis. Lazard is going to be the second guy in Green Bay, in my opinion. I just think he's a better version of Funches. I don't even know if Funches is going to be on the roster after camp. So I'm going to go with Corey Davis. I don't know if Funches is going to be on the roster either. I'm going Corey Davis. I will tell you, Brian, there's, there's a couple other guys I would think of in that area. So – one guy I just want to point out is Deshaun Jackson. I think he's going around this same type of area where uh, these two are going. I would look at him way more because you're going for a late-round flyer. And then I would just go with some rookie rookie wide receivers, see if they fit in, see if you find a Terry McLaurin in, in that bunch. So I that's where I would go instead of these two. 
I would go Corey Davis for similar reasons that you guys stated as well. I don't think Funches is going to be a higher, obviously a high quality piece in that offense for similar reasons you guys said. And the likelihood of him being on the squad is not very good, like you guys stated um, as well. So we can move on to our last wide receiver deep dive here from at AZ Cardinals 20. We have Devontae Parker or Keenan Allen. Who would, like, who would like to start us off there? I'm going Devontae Parker. Uh, I love Keenan Allen. So Jeremy said that uh, Devontae Adams was the best route runner. It's either Diggs or Keenan Allen for me. Keenan Allen's smooth. Um, but I'm going Devontae Parker. He was a wide receiver two in the last uh, eight weeks of the season last year. I'm going to pro- project that he's going to do something. So he's not going to be wide receiver two. But I think he's going to be very good. I'm going to go with Devontae Parker over Keenan Allen. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. He had 20 more targets last year where he talked about his route running, something that can uh, a young quarterback or Tyrod Taylor, uh, somebody who hasn't played in a while, can really rely on his separation, hitting an open receiver with separation. Keenan Allen can do that. So I think he's going to be a favorite target for either Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. I will go Keenan Allen just because he has a lot more you know, he has a lot more equity into that team and into that offense. It's a new quarterback. I'll give you that. But he has just been there for so long that his pedigree is going to carry in, into a lot of target share and a lot of production there. Whereas Devontae Parker took, what, four years to break out? Who knows if this is a flash in the pan or not? It's very much a boomer bust pick. And I think the ceiling for Parker isn't as high as others say, others as people think it is, because you know, again, a flash in the pan. But I think Keenan Allen has that pedigree to be able to be a safer option that still does have that wide receiver one upside. Jeremy, who are you taking? I lean Keenan Allen. I obviously, I've, I dropped him kind of far in my rankings. I'm usually a huge Keenan Allen guy. I've drafted him just, you know, in a league at least for the last couple of years. But I, I drop him a little bit because of the quarterback situation, but I definitely take him over Devontae Parker here. I have Parker at about 26 or 27. I love what he did at the end of the year. He was fantastic. I What worries me a little bit is that was with Preston Williams injured. With Preston Williams playing, his stats were much, much different. And I that worries me a little bit, especially for a receiver who's had the track record that he has in disappointing. So I, I would love to see him you know start the year strong again before I – you know, put a, a early, early draft capital into him. So that's where I lean there. I would lean Keenan Allen's stability and, and consistency over the last couple of years. Yeah, awesome stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more of the wide receiver core, and then we're going to do our one's got to go. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a mile pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. We are back. We are at the point where we are going to go through who we are high on compared to um, the experts or the ADP. And so, Bradley, why don't you give us who you're high on um, and that who you might be drafting before a lot of the experts would be? You guys might be a little bit surprised on this one, but I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. I, I just think he's going to see an increased role, maybe even more than Tyler Lockett. Um, another year is going to benefit him a lot. He's got a really good quarterback. You can't overemphasize the importance of having a good quarterback uh, to young receivers. Uh, he can fit the ball in in tight windows. Uh, obviously, with the big body, he can make a lot of contested catches. 
So I see uh, DK Metcalf having a big year this year. Where do you have him ranked? I have DK Metcalf at 19. Who, Josh, why don't you give us who you're high on? Yeah, so I alluded to him earlier this episode, but Marvin Jones is my absolute dude. I think that team is not going to be very good again, and they're going to be forced to throw the ball late in games. Their running game has just not been able to, one, stay healthy, or two, produce. And so having that wide receiver two of an offense that actually has a good quarterback, a good number one that will be able to take away their corner's number one target, and still be able to have top-end production week to week where they can be a week winner for you. So Marvin Jones, for me, is that guy. When it probably got burned into my memory because he torched <laughs> Xavier Rhodes when he was on the Vikings for, what, four touchdowns on Thanksgiving? <laughs> was, Every game. That was absolutely insane. So Marvin Jones is my guy that I am high on. He's your guy, but you couldn't remember his name five minutes ago. That's you know, <laughs> that's it's tough. it's tough. It's <laughs> you're not wrong, rank, Josh. He is 29 for me right now. Okay, that's I got him at 30. So that's maybe I'm at 33 with him. Maybe I'm not that high, I suppose. Jeremy, who are you high on? My guys. De- I mean, we've already talked to him at pretty good length already, but my guy's definitely Robert Woods. Um, I am ranked. I have him at 11. And I'm pretty sure – is this ADP you guys are looking at has him at 23rd wide receiver? Yes. Yep. 22.7. I am much higher than that 22.7. I got – like I said, I got him sitting at 11. I have him right behind Amari Cooper and right in front of Mike Evans on my list. I just think his his target share is somewhat guaranteed. I think especially when you get in that half-point PPR – or full point PPR leagues, he's just going to be a consistent stay in your, in your, in your lineup and c- consistently produce solid, solid numbers for you. Okay. I have two, just because I feel like I'm really high on both of these guys. Oh boy. Uh, he's ranked 33rd on, on our boards. And I have Marquise Hollywood Brown at wide receiver 17. Whoa. Yep. I wow. do. Wow. Yep, I do. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. I, I think he's going to be awesome this year. I, being the wide receiver one in that offense, I mean, he's going to—he's more healthy now. He doesn't have that Liz Frank injury that he's coming off of. Uh, so I actually—I—I I really like him. And the other one, I Bradley definitely knows who this is because I've been talking him up let a me guess, lot. Let me guess. Okay. Kelvin Kelvin Ridley. Kelvin Ridley is wide receiver 18 on this board. Where do you, I just want to hear where you guys have him just to see if I'm really high on him or not. I have him at, I have him at 18. I have him at 16, nine. 18, 9. I have him at 7. Whoa. Oh, my word. I don't know what's going on with the Atlanta offense because I'm really high on everyone. I'm high on Matt Ryan. I'm obviously high on Julio Jones. And Kelvin Ridley's wide receiver 7 for me. So, they might be really good this year if I'm, if I'm right. But You're I, yeah, not that's, right. Okay. So, where do you <laughs> – I, from what I remember, you had you have Hayden Hurst pretty high too. Where do you see all this? How many times they throw in the ball? Well, so Austin Hooper's gone. He what he did he lead the league last year in targets for tight ends? He was, he was up there. So I mean that's a I think lot before you got hurt. Yeah, and so Muhammad Sanu is is going to be uh, he's out of there too. So they got to get those targets. Um, so and they're going to be behind in a lot of games too. I don't think their defense is very good, so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. They will be throwing the ball a lot. That's. I love Kelvin Ridley too. I have him at, like I said, 16. 
I, I like what he can do as far as, you know, being a really good producer as far as fantasy goes. My question to you, Brady, is I, the one thing that I struggled with rating uh, Marquise Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, I have him at 27. I felt like that was an okay spot for him. I think he has way higher potential than that. But what I'm worried about is just his situation, the volume, the way their, their offense is constructed at this moment um, with a lot of backs. Obviously, you have Lamar Jackson who likes to run a lot. I, that didn't play into your thought process at all or scare you at all with that. It did. It honestly did. But like, so the second year in that offense, so people are going to be seeing that. So I don't, they're still going to run the ball a lot and they're still going to be really efficient running the ball. Like they got the best running quarterback in NFL history in Lamar Jackson, but they got to throw the ball to somebody. Hayden Hurst is gone. Marquise Hollywood Brown is by far their number one target. I, I think he's, he's a better target for them than Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews had a lot more touchdowns, but I think the explosive plays for Hollywood Brown are going to be there. I'd like to point out, I will not be shocked at all if he finishes higher than I have him at 27. Will not, yeah, will not that one was like my bold one. I, I, well, obviously Calvin Ridley is too because he's my wide receiver seven. Um, but yeah, those, those two guys were my bold ones. Let's, let's hear some deep sleepers. Jeremy, who do you have that's way down the list that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get him in a lot of leagues? So guys that I like to look at, I mean, I would love – we talked about him a little bit before we got on the show – um, we talked about kind of the, the Giants wide receiver core, and you guys have heard me talk about Daniel Jones as a sleeper quarterback. I, I like Darius Slayton. I think he's going to get, um, you know, overlooked by a decent amount of fantasy owners because I think, you know, in his area, you got some bigger names. Um, you know, obviously you got Emmanuel Sanders that is going to be in that category. Mike Williams is going to be kind of down in that area. Uh, Jarvis Landry is going to be down in that area a little bit. John Brown, you players like that. So I like Slayton. I like his potential. I like the ability because when you get down to that, you're you're looking for a guy that's going to you know randomly kind of hit for you because oh, it's it starts to get a little bit of dart throws when you get down towards there. Another guy too. I'm not sure how high you guys have him. I probably taken somebody else's, but another guy I really like in that similar type of category is Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I, I definitely thought about Deontay Johnson, but I think I'm higher than him, so I don't know if I would classify him as a deep sleeper for me. Uh, I'm not going to talk very long about this guy because we talk about him basically in every single episode. Uh, Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver one in this draft class. Uh, you're talking about high high potential. Uh, give me Henry Ruggs III. Should have known that was coming. Should have known that was coming from Brady. I'm going to go with uh, a previous first-round re- receiver, and Nikhil Harry. I think he's going to have a better year this year after a disappointing first year. I was super disappointed that Jeremy just had to reference my boy, uh, Deontay Johnson. I think he's going to be able to be a great wide receiver too with the healthy Big Ben. That that offense has shown that it's able to produce, you know, great two receivers with Antonio Brown and Juju. So I think Deontay Johnson is going to have his breakout next season. My rankings don't really reflect that yet. I still have to move him up. He's 36 for me right now, uh, but I definitely got to move him up. Bradley, who do you got? I said Nikhil Harry. Oh, yeah, you but did I'll say give, I'll give, it, I'll give you give another, me another one. one. I want to hear another one. Nicole <laughs> Hardman. I think he's going to take Ooh, over yeah. uh, Sammy Watkins' role. I don't think Sammy Watkins is a bad player. I just think they like Nicole Hardman better, so I would try to snag him uh, in the late rounds. All right, let's do our final segment. The one's got to go. And so we did wide receiver uh, quarterback duos. Um, and so it's Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. 
Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, or Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill? Who is going to go start and who has got to go? For me, go ahead, Josh. it's between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, Devontae Adams. I think Rod, Ryan, I think – Oh man, I've I've kind of tossed and turned between both of these, and I think I'm gonna have to go Matt Ryan and Julio Jones because the two of them collectively are on you know the 17th hole of their careers of their top echelon play, where Julio it kind it goes pretty down it goes bad quickly for older wide receivers. I love Julio, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But I, he is a little bit older than the other receivers that are here as well. And then Matt Ryan, I know Bradley, big Matt Ryan fan. But I think the pedigree of Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Pat Mahomes are greater than that of Matt Ryan. To your reference about the 17th hole, if I'm golfing well through the first 16 holes, I'm looking forward to the 17th hole. So I know I don't know what you're talking about, but I I, I divided it up. Into Doesn't mean it wasn't categories. going great. It just means I'm it's almost over. <laughs> just telling you, you're still getting hot until the round's done with. Uh, I divided up into three categories: like best quarterback gets four points, best wide receiver gets four points, worst quarterback gets four points, worst or worst wide receiver gets one point, worst quarterback gets one point, and so on. And the last category was uh, chemistry. So if you get the best chemistry, you got four. And it was close between Matt Ryan. Uh, and Julio Jones and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill for me, to be honest with you. But Patrick Mahomes is far greater than Matt Ryan. So I went uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones have to go. I'm going to be simple. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams got to go. Shocker. Just because it's – it's so Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. They ain't going. Julio Jones is the best wide receiver in the league. They ain't going. It's either Breeze and Thomas or – Rogers Did you Adams. say Julio's the best receiver in the Absolutely. league? Absolutely, yes. Yep. Did you not just is... say that Michael Thomas was number one? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's fantasy. Oh, that, fair enough. <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's the best receiver. Um, and so what played into my, my role was the injury history. So Aaron Rodgers has a history of being injured. He's getting older. And Devontae Adams, like I said, has a history of being injured. Jeremy, does Rodgers and Adams got to go for you too? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not you talk about chemistry okay come on the dude those two it's not even close for me okay yeah it is close but matt ryan julio you're out just wait until cam dancer comes and puts them clamps the needle baby no nope. <laughs> you can't guard those feet the dude the dude is never not open and aaron Rodgers can throw it in any any window so we might have three defensive backs cover him this year I mean, it probably would not be a bad idea. It's either we're scheming for Devontae Adams or A.J. Dillon. It's one of the two. So I think I can run a faster 40 than Devin Funches. So. I would love to see you race him. <laughs> Wait, uh, what time do you think I can run for a 40? Five, I know Henry nine, Ruggs. I'm not five. 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 Four, four, get, eight, four, eight, five. I think I'm under four, eight. Really? We might yeah, have, this we, is happening. We, they, we might have to do this now. This, oh, is, absolutely yeah, this, is, this is absolutely happening. Uh, I've got a 493. I've got Brady at a 493. We'll money down for this. Realistically, thing. I would give Brady a 478. Wow. Really? It's guys, for sure sub 48. Guys, that's, 
That's not that good. I don't know what okay, you guys are talking about. Okay, wrap up the show. Wrap the show up. <laughs> well, Just, thank you guys so much for joining us. The Please 40 join. is happening. It is happening. <laughs> oh, yes. It is Absolutely. Happening. We'll have to do some Twitter poll out of what, the over-under of the time that we'll have to agree upon. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, join us next week here on 4th and a Mile. Go deep, and we'll see you next time.